Kia ora, I'm Erin Keem and you're listening to Conversations About Closets with my closest thousand friends. I started this project to get me through a gloomy Seattle winter, which was hitting me hard. The thing is, I love women. Why not showcase them? Why not call women I've never met, have our first conversation, record it and turn it into a podcast? So that's what I did. I didn't edit, I still don't. Some days I'm on fire, some days not so much, and sometimes I even forgot to ask questions about closets. But all my guests are amazing. Listen up, get to know them, you'll be glad you did. If you want to be a guest on my show, go to erinkeem.com. I'd love to meet you. Aroha for listening, here's today's episode. Elsa! Hi Erin! Good morning. Now, you've had coffee. I've had coffee. I, you may have had more. I, I'm like so I'm I'm like so tired I can't even lift the cup to my face. Babe, babe what's going on? What happened? Uh, so I got this really cool um, temporary assignment with um, Mount Lake Terrace High School where um, I'm just there for the kids that are returning to school that are having like extra stress and anxiety or maybe feeling suicidal or like, so I'm just there for that. And, um, but I have to get up at five now. And during the whole pandemic, I did not get up before eight. So, (laughs) so it's early. Three hours is a huge difference. I mean, that's a time difference. That's like going to Hawaii and having to readjust. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So this is the third week, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I go to sleep really early, like seven, but yeah, I need to give yourself a break. This is jet lag. Yeah, for sure. I need to guzzle coffee in the morning. Like, <laughs> this isn't just like a pleasantry here. Like, there, there's something to perceive for having a drip, you know, just having it continuously coming into your arm. Yes. Yes. I did take a pharmacology paper, long, another story, and coffee, of course, is, is not the, the benefit that you think it is, but that's a whole other subject. For the moment, I have had a nice, strong coffee, so I'm going to ignore that and just be Excellent. grateful. You know, you know how sometimes you go to bed just thinking, I'm only going to bed so I can get up and have a coffee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, ignore any background noise. My dog has, is sneezing in the background. Uh, you you know all about uh, family coaching. Well, I have trained my dog that, that she is in charge of me. So uh, Excellent. Yeah, yes, yes. There's definitely some codependency going on. But back to you. <laughs> Yaka is an ADHD brilliance builder and family coach at Blocked to Brilliant. And I have so many questions to ask you. The the reason I actually asked Yaka to come on was that she's a fan of Kelvin and Hobbes. Uh, yes that, that that was the criteria it wasn't the fact that you do incredible work that you save lives that I mean you're working with teenagers that are suicidal you have 30 years of experience you are you give so much service but I was like hey she likes Calvin and exactly <laughs> I mean you got to get down to essentials so I totally get that <laughs> And I reached out and here you are. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start off with back to you. 
you have ADHD. Yes. This isn't a surprise to you. I know. <laughs> How did you know? But, yeah, but I have to, done due diligence for working on the cyber stalking. There you go. Uh, when were you first diagnosed? Uh, so I was diagnosed when I was 23, um, which is ironic because my mother, who was a psychologist, was giving IQ tests to kids diagnosed with, well, at the time it was called hyperkinesis. Um, and she was absolutely sure that I didn't have it. Um, so when I told her that I had been diagnosed, she was like, no, you don't have it. And I was, I was like, it makes perfect <laughs> sense. Yeah, we had to, we had to take a break for, from each other for a couple of weeks while I got used to my diagnosis. What a what a bizarre form of denial. Yeah, yeah. I think I think she was, uh, you know, she was particularly sensitive about her parenting, which a lot of parents are, especially moms. Like you have to do it perfectly, or you're not good enough. And I think what she heard was, I might have missed something this crucial. That's impossible. And um, so she just said I didn't have it, but yeah, that was how um, her pain caused her yeah, to react. Exactly, that's, that's tough. Yeah, uh, yeah. What you say you were twenty three? Now I think yes. you're about my age. So that was a little while ago. Um, not, yeah. Not that, and what the fact that you were diagnosed? What, what was what? What do people understand about ADHD? Uh, back then, which was a little while, you know, it's up to you to say right. exactly how long ago that was. Yeah. Because, because society <laughs> has this funny. weird ageism thing. I don't, though. Um, yeah, so this was in 1980. So that makes me 63 for all of you that, like me, are not great at math. Um, so in 1980, they were just beginning to realize that ADHD or whatever it was called back then, um, doesn't stop when you become an adult. They thought it just stopped when you became an adult. So uh, so I was one of the first adults to be diagnosed as an adult. And there was a, a group of us, we were on a panel and we used to go around uh, LA talking to therapists and doctors about what it was like ADHD as a child because they had never had an adult perspective. That was cool. And but the other thing that was that was different back then was when I was diagnosed, um, my therapist was the one that sort of started the ball rolling. And she said, Well, here are some articles. And they were all on juvenile delinquents <laughs> and um it later in i think it was 81 or 82 maybe 82 um a book or a couple of books came out talking about adhd in adults but before that it, there was just there was stuff about how like it's not good and it's disruptive and it's you know, it can lead to crime and 
biggest things that people were studying at the time was how people with ADHD can't read other people's mind, not minds, <laughs> faces, like <clears throat> facial cues. And so that's what end up in jail because they can't see if a person is, they're just, they just think they're having fun. Um, I don't know. That's, that's what was out there then. <laughs> Let's just put it that so, way. So what, so wait up. If you uh, were diagnosed, there's no way you'd want to be diagnosed with ADHD, even though a diagnosis can bring such a sense of relief because mm. suddenly all the pieces fall into place and everything makes sense. But you're not going to want to be diagnosed as ADHD where, where people associate it with you're going to end up in jail. So, um, so that still today, but for me personally, um, so completely relieved. I thought that there was something inherently wrong with me and my personality and my character. It's always going to be like this, that there was, that basically I was this odd really going to fit in. And at the time I was diagnosed, it was called minimal brain dysfunction, actually. And I had just gotten a master's degree. So I was quite clear that my brain wasn't that dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I just was like, well, okay, there's part of my brain that isn't working. Like you kind of know that your intention when your intentions and your actions don't match, you you get the idea that some there's a glitch somewhere. You know, I want to be good, but two hours later I'm getting in trouble, and it's like, wait, I don't even like what happened there. I don't even know what happened. So, so it's clear that there's a glitch, um, but it persists today that being diagnosed is a negative and I really want to change that. I mean, I've been working to change that for decades. Um, I, I see the day when parents get a diagnosis of ADHD for their kids and they're like, yes, like, oh my God, I can't believe I got one of them. Woohoo. You know, like that sort of thing. So, because I don't see it as a negative. No, absolutely. There, there are so many positives around any uh, neurodivergent, neurodivergency. I call it that, yeah. Yeah. Um, I wasn't diagnosed with bipolar until 35, and mm -hmm. I was so thrilled, which seems very odd <laughs> because there's a stigma around yes. that, like, you yes. know, manic depressive. But everything just made sense and I right. realized I exactly. wasn't crazy exactly I wasn't crazy there were things that were out of my control yes exactly and I could get help yeah yeah exactly so, the same thing yep I get yes. it yeah I I knew you would uh hey <laughs> you, you had me at Calvin and Hobbes uh, <laughs> I want to circle back to what you do because you work with teens uh, you're a teacher you're a counselor but somebody told me the other day they've been diagnosed with adult onset ADHD. Yeah. Is that a thing? No. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, but people may, I mean, not people, but, you know, one of my friends was telling me 
that she was diagnosed with um, high-functioning high depression. There isn't that either. We get the point. The point is that you were it, it, adult onset ADHD would mean something like nothing presented itself as a child or you weren't diagnosed as a child even though you were taken to a doctor, but you were diagnosed now. So you, you, ADHD is something you have your whole life. Um, it can be misinterpreted for sure. Um, well, you know, I was just considered a bad seed. So, um, so there's that, but, and sometimes it gets ignored. Um, people with ADHD are often considered, um, which is weird, but low intelligence because some of them, if like, if you can't focus at all, then you kind of appear to be, um, you know, incapable of, of taking in information. Um, now, adult onset ADHD could be a misdiagnosis in the sense also that things like menopause can create symptoms that look like symptoms of ADHD, like foggy brain, for instance. Um, so, but there are like, I don't know, my friend wrote a paper there, there are like 30 things or more that can look like ADHD or that can be diagnosed as ADHD, misdiagnosed as ADHD. So, um, so probably your friend has a well-meaning doctor, may have had it as a kid, but wasn't diagnosed and or treated for that matter, which is key. I've heard it. It's I've heard a couple of people mention it in the last year, and as you mm. said, there's there's so many trees in a forest. I was trying to explain to somebody the other day, and she was like, "Well, I said you, you've got to understand there's a lot of trees in the forest, and there are days when I don't know what tree what tree is causing you know, this particular yeah. this particular symptom because uh, it's a big forest." Uh, and uh, somebody very well meaning who I told me oh I think you've got adult onset ADHD oh. who was not a teacher and 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 it was like yeah nah yeah it's actually yeah. <laughs> it's actually really insulting to people with ADHD so it, it's um it's illegal to for teachers or or me uh even with my business background and my decades of history it's illegal for me to diagnose anyone um, so I never say, like, do you have ADHD or, or like, have you been diagnosed or have you thought about a diagnosis or, you know, you probably have ADHD. I never say that um, because I know it can be other things as well. And I think ADHD is used very glibly. Um, it's the butt of many, many jokes. And yes. And, you know, just because you can't focus one day um, or even for six months, um, it doesn't mean you have ADHD um, because there are it's, you know, people tend to look at ADHD as a negative and just the negative side of it. Um, really challenges, but there's also this 
like incredibly like vast field of of possibility and there are things that we are so good at that it freaks out other people and they even may be afraid of us at times because we're really good at these other things and um, like strategic thinking, which is not something that you would think. I mean, we're not led to believe that people with ADHD are good at strategic thinking, but we can be very good at strategic thinking. And um, so, so the problem with this sort of diagnosing based on I'm tired or I'm unfocused is that you're basing it on a negative. You're using a negative paradigm and that the continuation of using a negative paradigm to diagnose or to describe a, is really detrimental to so many people, but especially the kids um, who have ADHD and their parents who are trying to figure out how to raise their kids without the kids thinking that there's something wrong with them when the world is actually telling them that there's something wrong with them. Um, oh, the world likes to tell a lot of people there's something <laughs> wrong with them. That is very true. Yes, exactly. Your yeah. business is called Blocked to Brilliant. Excuse yeah. me, Blocked but Oh, Blocked to Brilliant. Blocked to brilliant. <laughs> but you also talk yeah. about how uh, parents could be frustrated or confused by yes. their child or teen's blocked but brilliant brain. That's such a beautiful yes. way of putting it. Uh, you are also a positive discipline trainer. Mm -hmm. Now, positive discipline is, is uh, when I don't immediately leap up and open the door for my dog when she scratches at it. But uh, can you tell <laughs> me how you define positive discipline? Uh, yeah. So... Positive discipline is a way of looking at behavior as um, a, a need as opposed to a threat or, or a challenge or defiance. So the idea would be to, if your child is struggling, maybe yelling or whatever it is that the struggle is, the, the idea would be to... Um, to either watch the behavior, ask about the behavior. Maybe it's a behavior you're very familiar with, but the idea is to learn what's going on as opposed to just assuming that um, they're like they're in competition with you or something, which is a parenting paradigm, which is weird. But, um, and, and then kind of responding in kind. So if your child is scared, and you know, you figured out, oh, she's not, she's not challenging me. She's actually scared here. Then you're going to react completely differently. And so to me, that's positive discipline. There are, of course, other aspects. And um, some of, honestly, some of the aspects don't, um, I'll say, aren't the, aren't in line with my thinking about parenting ADHD, but they're not super far. Um, but, but I've come up with my own paradigm, which I'm writing a book about who knows when it'll come out, but you know, sort of my own parenting paradigm. So 
you you have written books and there is yeah. uh, a book that sort of point to what you said before i'm getting better at saying to adults instead of uh things that are like tell me more can you tell me more yeah. about that yeah because i'm reacting to what i think is i, I get triggered yeah and if i can pause <laughs> and have a buffer and say mm-hmm. can you tell me more about that there's always yeah. more under the surface. But back to you. This is the best book title ever. Yeah. Thank How you. to train your parents in six and a half days. <laughs> yeah. That is um that is a Yaffa title for sure. I love that. You can get it on Amazon. Now you'll find mm-hmm. it under Margit, M-A-R-G-I-T, right. Crane. Um, but how to train your parents in six and a half days. Brilliant, brilliant title. Can you Thank tell me you. a little bit about that book? Sure. Um, I, I always had this, this thought, like if I could, if I could teach teens, like how, like the best way to approach their parents, like, you know, do you not understand that when you approach your mom this way, she is definitely going to say no. (laughs) now are you going to keep doing that or would you like to learn a different way (laughs) so you can get your mom to say yes so so it was a matter of so I took sort of my teaching experience step parenting experience and and um just came up with this book that would explain well here's what you're thinking teens and here's what your parents are thinking so so what can you do to connect with your parents more so that you get what it is that you want? Um, it's not about manipulating parents. It's, it's about mutual respect. It's completely family friendly. It's about understanding that um, there are times to ask your parents for stuff and there are times not to ask your parents for stuff. Um, there and you know, don't jump down their throats if they say something that you don't like. And and then um, parents are using it a lot also. And I actually had a reader use it. She said it helped her come to terms with her parents. And she was like sixty. So I mean, not that sixty is bad, but I'm just saying <laughs> it, it, it's helping adults also come to terms terms with how they were parented also. My so. mother is 78 and a beautiful, amazing, incredible woman. And I'm ordering this book. <laughs> it's super, super, super easy to read. Um, the The layout is very reader friendly. And I did that very, very, very consciously. I I actually had a publisher for the book and she didn't like the title and um she also wanted me to just write straight text and you'll see that there are there there are some not illustrations really exactly but you know like i i will caption something and indent or i'll or i'll skip a space just for either reader fluency or i'll put something in bold or i'll you know put a little um, thought bubble or something like that. She didn't want any of that. And I was like, I can't, I can't write a book for teens. That's just solid text. 
Like, I wouldn't even read that. So I um, terminated my contract with the author, with the publisher, and did it my way. <laughs> I'm, so I'm so glad you stuck to your guns. I was, I was instantly going to say, she was nuts. And I thought, no, no, I can't say that. I can't say that anymore. I just can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so fun, fun, funny enough, I, I got a um, mom's choice award for the book and the publisher yes. was on the panel <laughs> yeah so I was like oh 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 yipes <laughs> I love uh you've also got uh the Amazon Kindle bestseller just sliding that in there getting schooled 102 practical tips for parents teachers counselors and students about living and learning with ADHD right. excellent and hey you've got an online course which, which is brilliant, the no yelling, no nagging, <laughs> no begging. The, the applications of this are manifold. <laughs> yes, uh, no yes, exactly. So the no yelling, no nagging, no begging approach to ADHD and behaviour, mm -hmm. because those are three fallback positions. Yes, yeah, exactly. And, and a lot of times parents are like, well, you know, frankly, it works. If I get mad enough, then they'll do the thing, whatever the thing is supposed to be. And it's like, yeah, but it, do you want yeah, well, to revert to emergency mm -hmm. status, you know, just to get them to like make their bed or clear the dishes? I mean, I, I kind of play a, I, I play a long game in that whenever I'm coaching or writing, I want in my mind, I'm seeing you and your family having a lifetime relationship, not just getting through one situation, but how do you lay the groundwork for having a close relationship for your whole lives, which is the dream, really. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I wish, I wish I'd known somebody like you when I was a teenager who specialized in and bipolar, it would have made my family's mm. life so much easier. Oh my gosh, yes, definitely, it would have made things easier. And a lot of the a lot difficulties for adults in in any kind of neurodivergent situation is that they're carrying the weight of their childhood also and their childhood where people didn't understand them and people might have said really mean things to them or they put them down or they um, diminished them in some way and and that is a significant contributor to um, some of the negative things that you hear about different neurodivergent um, conditions in my opinion um, some people will disagree with me, um, for sure, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I won't. I had it. I was described as highly strung, over emotional, mm -hmm. over the top. Uh, and it was said in, by, by people who were doing their very best, I think, to yeah. moderate my behavior so that I wouldn't be rejected. So that I wouldn't be, so that I would yeah. be accepted. Uh, yeah, it, it was. I think it came from a place of love and a case yeah. of and, and a place of fear. Yeah. Uh, but, and it, but even now, I 
I work so hard to moderate my behavior. Yeah. Uh, and guess what? I'm actually awesome. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, the, it's to me, it's like re, you're, you get to read a certain book because you, you have been diagnosed with bipolar disorder or whatever it's called now, bipolar or bipolar disorder, which uh, is it? No idea. <laughs> okay. So, but, but because you have that diagnosis, because this is how you live, you get to read a certain book of um, insights and somebody um, that's diagnosed with autism gets another book of insights to read. And we have these insights inside us. And if we can't share them, all you other people are missing out because you didn't get to read the book. You didn't get to read the bipolar book. You didn't get to read the autism book, the ADHD book, the dyslexia book, whatever. So you don't have that information. And actually, several years ago, I was working in a co-working space and there were a lot of um, tech people. And they told me that there's just beginning to be a push towards creating technology that teaches people how to think like people with ADHD for the betterment of the business that they're working for. Company. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and, and I, um, uh, autism, uh, that, mm. that phrase on the spectrum, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it feels, it feels as, as if it's almost become fashionable <laughs> and yeah. it, it's, it, I hope it, it just is more that the, we're starting to see more that there are advantages to being neurodivergent, like thinking yes. like somebody with ADHD, thinking like yeah. somebody who is, I'm going to say the, the, the phrase on the spectrum, not that I actually understand what that means. Uh, because yeah, strategic, strategic thinking. There are upsides. There are yes, upsides. Yes. Uh, you know the intense bursts of creativity I get. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's insanely fun at the time. It's, yes. it's like you're, it's like listening to a podcast on twice the speed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the rest of the time, if you if you are used to you know the whole, okay, I have bursts of of creative thinking, then, you know, if you know that's how you work and you're not pressuring yourself to be creative every single day, it's, you can just relax the rest of the time because you know you're always going to have another burst. So, like, I don't have to push myself every single day. No, world domination from a hammock. Hey, speaking, <laughs> speaking of books, you have yeah. been described as a fairy angel godmother, which is just delightful. I'm picturing you, of course, looking like the like the fairy godmother from Cinderella. Yeah, uh, you know. But you've also been described as Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. Now I had mm -hmm. to look this up. Okay, oh, okay. Because, yeah. Now Mrs. Piggle Wiggle is not to be confused with Piggly Wiggly, according no. to Wikipedia. <laughs> Mrs. Piggle Wiggle is a series of children's books mm -hmm. by Betty McDonald. And it is she is a small woman who lives as an who lives in an upside down house in a lively neighborhood inhabited mainly by children who have bad habits. Yeah, coincidentally. <laughs> I love that. And you have a chest full of magical cures 
because your ex-husband was a pirate apparently your deceased husband but, but, <laughs> i can't so divulge please, this that information of course yes not not without a lawsuit but mrs exactly. piggle wiggle is so adorable so that's mm -hmm. a great and betty mcdonald i first read her book onions in the stew about vashon island years and years ago what seriously yeah. Yeah, oh I read it gosh. in New Zealand and Auckland. I don't know how I came across it because oh, it's a very old book and I loved it. That's amazing. And, you know what? 20, 30 years later, I was stepping on a ferry and on my way to Bainbridge. Uh, so that's, that's amazing. That's, do, I love do, stories do, like do, that. Do, do, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle always was like, she always came into the households um, when the parents were at their, you know, sort of at the end of their ropes and, or the ends of their rope, whatever. And uh, she would figure out a way to, she was like super nanny, but nicer. <laughs> and she would um, pr do something, you know, create a situation so that the kid would get sick of their own behavior and change it because it wasn't worth it anymore. Like, you know, what if you could get attention doing something else kind of thing. And um, God, I loved those books when I was a kid. <laughs> and then when a client told me, you're like Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. And I was like, oh, my gosh, really? And I was like, so excited. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. The British version is Nurse Matilda. Uh, <gasps> I will send you the link. They yeah. are I adored them when I grew up. It's again, oh. she's a super nanny and she comes to a house that has something like 35 children, all of which are absolutely horrific. Oh. And boy, are they, are they beautiful human beings by the time she leaves. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I will send I, you the link. Yeah. Great. I, I think the secret is almost to do what, the opposite of what we've been so I wouldn't say okay now I'm going to do the opposite now I'm going to do the opposite now I'm going to do the opposite but in this sense we're taught that um if someone's looking for attention you ignore them because and, um they'll stop and that if someone wants attention give them attention but give them the right kind of attention like don't just give them what they want but Ask them how you can help. Is there anything I can do? Um, I see that you're like really agitated right now. Um, that sort of thing. I can I tell a story. You Is can. There time? And I'm just going to sneak. Oh, you, okay. you can talk to whoever you want. I'm just going to sneak in to say, Nurse Matilda is delightful. It is a. They are adorable. There I is can't no, wait. There is no cruelty towards the children whatsoever. There That's is good. magical solutions where she gives them what they want. And they learn it's not quite what they had in mind. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Please tell me the story. <laughs> so so I'm a grandma, um, much to my delight and gratitude. <laughs> and so one weekend I have my grandkids over and the we decided, the three of us, we're gonna, you know, here's our day. So so Basically, I ask them and then or I'll say, you know, what, what do you think about whatever? And they were young then. They were four and six. And so we decided that we were going to 
go to the Children's Museum, then go to lunch, then go back to my place and watch Coco and to the playground. So we're getting ready to leave the museum and the younger granddaughter starts like sobbing. And she's like, and I said, oh, well, you know, next we're going to go to the <clears throat> to the restaurant. And she goes, no, don't leave me. And I was like, what? And she said, you're going to leave me. You're going to leave me. And I was like, I would never leave you. I, I promise I'm taking you with me or with us. And she just kept saying this. You're going to leave me. You're going to leave me. Um, and so at some point, I mean, I was reassuring her over and over again in essence, doing exactly the right thing. There isn't anybody who would be watching me and her, or she and I, <laughs> that would say, um, you're doing the wrong thing. You're not doing, you're not responding to her correctly. So, but then at some point I'm like, okay, I'm like totally not getting through here. So, um, I have to figure out, like, I have to take the lead. I'm the adult. So I got to take the lead here and figure this out. Because she obviously cannot rectify. She can't fix anything. She's she's feeling very overwhelmed. So I said, what would you, well, what would you like to do? We can do what you want to do. And she said, which is like, you know, most parents would be like, oh, no, don't say that. Then she's getting what she wants. And she said, I want to go to the Mexican restaurant and have lunch, which is what we had planned. And I said, oh, that's a great idea. And it was very nice of you to think about your sister because she had allergies and Mexican food was a, a go. Um, and so I said, what a great idea. What do you want to do after that? And she said, I want to go back to your place and watch Coco. And I said, oh my gosh, I love Coco. You know how much I love Coco. And then I said, what do you want to do after that? And she said, I want to go to the playground, which is exactly what we had planned. Um, but for some reason, we were not connecting. And often when that happens, parents take it personally and feel like the kids are doing it on purpose or they're just too tired or they're, you know, it's something wrong with the kid that, you know, oh, you, you should get a timeout here or you should, you know, something where you're away from me so I don't have to listen to you. And, and you could be the best parent ever and still not connect when your kid needs you. Um, and so you, it's important to give the child attention that's asking for attention to find out what it is they really need. Um, what she was asking for was no different than what the plan was, but for some reason she felt like she was gonna be left. I don't know why. Um, and I, it was my job to make her feel safe. And that's what happened. And so I think it's really important not to personalize your kids' reactions, not to assume that they're against you um, or challenging you, 
but that the kids are feeling overwhelmed. And it's a very clunky way of asking a parent to, you know, help me here. I don't know, like, I'm scared. I don't know what's going on. Um, and, and I need your help. They're not really saying that, but that's what's going on in my opinion. And so this thing about, you know, don't give attention to kids who want attention is like, no, give them attention, <laughs> make them feel better. Like you don't, you know, you don't, you don't relinquish your, your own power just because you empower somebody else. What a great story. Checking in, yeah. finding out what's really going on, but just checking in mm-hmm. and acknowledging, uh, j- just checking in, you know, what, mm-hmm. what's really going on, what do you need right now, um, I'm here for you, and I'm paying attention. Yeah. You're heard, you're being seen, and you're being heard. Exactly. Exactly. Completely, uh, completely, I, I, I've never parented um, I uh, do have a nephew I'm incredibly close to. And uh, just actually stopping for a minute and saying, can you tell me a bit more about that? Yes. There was, there was always a reason behind the emotion. Exactly. And just, just actually taking a minute to listen. And uh, it was about, I found it was about giving agency. This is my tiny, tiny bit of experience, right there. Yeah. But I, I would just think, well, I want to feel like I have some autonomy here. I want to feel like I have some freedom and I have some choice. So why wouldn't this three-year-old, why wouldn't this four-year-old mm-hmm. well, yeah. want to have some say in the decision? Or at least have their yeah. opinion considered. Considered, um, exactly. Uh, uh, <laughs> my husband will be like, a little frustrated with um, with the dog and I'm like no no you don't understand what she's trying to say is yeah <laughs> he's, he's looking nice. at me as if I'm insane but yeah not, but she's got her own thoughts her own feelings her opinions and we're and, discovering and she, more and more all the time and she's she just wants to communicate yeah yeah exactly uh, so it's, if you take a minute and just check it look to everybody out there I I'm the new dog trainer T- stop a minute check in with your dog Ask them what they're actually wanting and needing right oh, now. God. And how can you, how can, how can you know? And you, oh, Lord. No, no, it's, it's true. Like I used to dog sit for my best friend's dog. So whenever she would, you know, go out of town, I would stay there with the dog. And, you know, he would get really upset when I would leave. So before I left every time we would go into the kitchen and I would say, okay, look at the clock. So when the hand is over here, that's when I'm going to be coming back. And I don't know whether he understood it or not, but I was happy that I had done it just in case he did, because it's hard to be left alone when you're a dog. So If you don't understand why, too, I've had many conversations with my dog. Often I forget that people are listening, but along the lines of, I realize that you'd like to stay and sniff here a little bit longer. I know we might see a rabbit. However, I do have an appointment. I yeah. am supposed to interview somebody for a podcast. Would, I'd appreciate it if we went back now because in another couple of hours, we can come back out again. And she'll look at me and she's like, I can work with that. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm with you. Consultation. I'm, Consultation. I'm completely with you. <laughs> uh, oh. 
I want to get back to clothing because I get so yeah, carried away with, well, it's just, <laughs> I, I get so carried away with talking to my guests uh-huh. and I forget, I forget to ask. Uh, that we were closed. That we, well, no, about the name of the podcast. No, I don't. Because I'm, so, I'm so caught up in it. And that's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop apologizing for that. On your LinkedIn photo, which is a fantastic photo, by the way. Thank you. Uh, uh, for some reason, LinkedIn wants me to investigate opportunities with Herzog's diamonds. Okay. That, that's very considerate. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the idea of who doesn't want opportunities with diamonds. <laughs> Would you like me to wear yeah. them? Because I'm, I'm yeah, up for that. The adverts are pop up. I love algorithms. But on the photo of you on LinkedIn, um, what a fantastic photo. Thank I am you. seeing you in these, and because people can't see. No, really, it's a podcast. Uh, you're wearing this fantastic deep red dress, and it looks like um, hand-beaded hand jewellery. Uh, oh, yeah. With turquoise, which I, I associate with first people or... Mm. I, I don't know what uh, Native American people want to be called right now. I, I So forgive me if I'm not up to date. Um, yeah. I want to respect that. But uh, where, where did the story come from? Um, it came from this really cheap store in Northgate Mall, honestly. Oh, yeah, fuck. Come on. I wanted this beautiful <laughs> yes. pilgrimage. Yeah. You went on Sorry. a <laughs> journey. You took peyote. You were in a desert. Really? 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 Yeah. Well, it's, it's um, I, I mean, it's not, it's definitely not turquoise. It's like they're beads, but <laughs> yeah, I just really like wearing, well, I like cuffs and I like um, wearing um, more than one bracelet at a time. And it might be a contrast that ends up complementing the other bracelet or, you know, something like that if that makes sense, like a something that's metal and something that's beads, for instance. And you've done a great job of it. On the color Thanks. wheel, this is what would be called complementary. And by complementary, yes. it means that they are directly opposite each other on the yeah. color wheel, therefore they work. Yeah. <laughs> and feel free, free to contact me directly if you would like to learn about color theory uh, because uh, there is some magic behind it indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm so glad we reached out. I don't remember how I met you. I, I think it was through FMOM, but... Um, yeah. But uh, thank you, Calvin and Hobbes, because and thank you for listening to me talk about, uh, you know, my own stuff. I, I feel like oh, I should sure. be sending you a check. Um, <laughs> well, feel but, free, but, you know. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to send you a link to the Nurse Matilda books. Yes, that's going to be awesome. I can't wait to read them. What a lovely way to start my morning. And I love knowing that I made a new friend. Thank you so yeah. much for your time today. Oh, thank you so much. See you in the rooms. Bye. Bye.